a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be talking with Eric Pratt of Gun Owners of America here in just a moment. The uh, group filing a new federal lawsuit against the ATF over the uh, zero-tolerance policies on gun store inspections, where you are seeing gun stores around the country being shut down uh, because of minor paperwork errors, right? But again, under this zero-tolerance policy, even though we, we were told that uh, you know the ATF would only be going after these, uh, you know, the relatively few bad apples out there, that is not what we are seeing in practice. And again, we're going to be talking with that, uh, talking about that with Eric Pratt of Gun Owners of America here in just a moment. Before we do, however, Biden's America is crushing us. You know, you got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch meat the next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. So let's delve into this uh, new lawsuit and uh, bring in Eric Pratt of Gun Owners of America to find out uh, what might possibly be done to uh, combat the ATF's crackdown on paperwork errors that are putting uh, some FFLs out of business. Take a look and a listen. Eric, thanks so much for coming on the program today. It's good talking with you, sir. Absolutely. It's great to be with you again, Cam. And I'm I'm so looking forward to delving into this lawsuit here, which, you know, you guys are challenging the quote-unquote zero tolerance policy, but it also sounds like what we're dealing with here is a case of retribution, right? Because the, oh, yeah. the gun store that you're working with um, is now facing this revocation due to paperwork errors, but but this isn't their first rodeo with the ATF. You all are also involved, and they're also involved in a a, a ongoing bit of litigation challenging the ATF's rule on frames and receivers. That's right. So l- let me give the the some context to this. I mean, when you talk about zero tolerance, obviously the ATF has been on a tear. Uh, under Joe Biden. They're putting gun dealers out of business at a rate that's unprecedented, really, 300% higher than normal. And that's just the ones that where they're getting their licenses revoked, Cam. I mean, if you count the number of dealers who just give up because of the ATF harassment, the increased number of gun dealers going out of business under Joe Biden has skyrocketed to over a thousand percent. So GOA filed a lawsuit yesterday in federal district court uh, based in North Dakota to put a stop to this. We're doing this on behalf of one uh, gun store in particular, Morehouse, but also gun dealers all around the country. And so the backstory that you alluded to last summer, GOA filed suit against the ATF to stop Biden's first gun ban from taking effect. That was uh, the ban that prevents businesses from selling 80% receivers, or really what amounts to blank pieces of metal, uh, selling them without a background check. And it also registers every gun sale by preventing gun dealers from destroying 
the 4473 form. That's the, the gun purchase. So we filed suit along with Morehouse Enterprises, uh, which is the gun store there in North Dakota. And after we filed suit with them, the ATF launched their first ever compliance inspection of that gun store. What a coincidence, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and within a month, the ATF had found five, only five measly errors, mostly clerical, clerical errors, none of which resulted in bad guys getting guns or anything like that. But <clears throat> based on what amounts to a less than 1% error rate, the ATF moved to revoke the gun store's license, even though all their guns were accounted for. And, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, this sure smacks of retaliation for them suing the ATF. And we point this out in our uh, lawsuit against the ATF. In fact, it's interesting. The ATF agent doing the inspection even joked that their inspection of Morehouse, that the, the gun store, might appear retaliatory. Hmm. <laughs> well, you think? I mean, all this may be funny to the Biden administration, but it's no laughing matter to the workers who are losing their jobs or Americans who can't find places to buy guns because their local gun shop has been shut down. I mean, this is truly the most anti-gun administration in American history. Absolutely. And, you know, and not just those employees, but the, the business owners who worked so hard to build up you know, this business only to have it taken away uh, because of what you say, you know, paperwork errors. And I want to quote from the, the 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 complaint that you all just filed here, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, you, your attorneys wrote good faith, clerical and ultimately harmless errors in FFL record keeping are a statistical inevitability. For example, ATF's published data concerning its compliance inspections in 2020 reflects that it conducted 5,823 inspections and found and reported errors in 43.7% of those inspections. In 2022, uh, compliance inspections increased by 1,156 inspections, and ATF's data reflects that it found and reported errors in 45.5% of the inspected FFLs. Um, in 2020, of those FFLs where errors were found and reported, ATF revoked the licenses of 40, while 96 others either discontinued businesses or surrendered their license. In contrast, uh, ATF reported that as a result of its 2022 compliance inspections, it revoked 90 FFLs, while a whopping 1,037 FFLs, quote, discontinued their operations. Exactly what you're talking about here, right? Those those FFLs who say, forget it. It, it, it. I'm not fighting City Hall here. I'm just going to close up my shop. But when you look at the, you know, again, these are paperwork violations, right? And right. ordinarily what would have happened, the ATF would have gone back to that gun store owner and said, okay, listen, here are the problems that we found. Here's how you rectify this in the future. Um, maybe this rises to a level of a, a, a warning. Maybe it doesn't even rise to that level, but they give the FFLs a chance to, to fix the problem. In this case, that's not happening. The very first inspection that this gun shop had they found five paperwork errors, as you say, a compliance rate of more than 99%, and yet the ATF is still trying to shut them down. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. in the past, that what you're laying out would have absolutely happened. They would have given them a warning. You know, we've all heard the phrase, uh, to err is human. Uh, it is virtually impossible to run any type of business and not make some mistakes or clerical clerical errors. So the fact that they are revoking licenses based 
on mere clerical and paperwork errors means they're going to be able to ultimately put anybody they want out of business. And Cam, here's the hypocrisy about it. Because if the ATF was held up to that same standard, they would be out of business. The agency, it's been documented, they've lost track of thousands of firearms from their Martinsburg, West Virginia headquarters. Uh, many of them were actually stolen by rogue agents. They've made the, the same exact errors as gun dealers by misspelling names or writing down wrong information. But apparently it's okay for them to make these mistakes, but not for gun dealers. So why not? zero tolerance for the ATF. One mistake and put them out of business. That's actually what we are urging Congress to do is to defund the ATF because they, as I said earlier, they're on a tear. But you know, honestly, a lot of these abuses go way beyond mere clerical errors uh, on on the ATF's part. I mean, remember Fast and Furious? Yep. You know, the ATF was approving gun purchases to known criminals so that they could supposedly be tracked. Well, that was until they lost track of them so much for their record keeping and tracking of criminals. The ATF lost track of many bad guys and the illegal guns they approved resulted in hundreds of deaths, including one of our border agents, Brian Terry. I mean, th there's a lot that we lay out in our uh, lawsuit there, pointing out uh, just the, the ATF his, uh, hypocrisy. There's many more examples of this, but it all makes the point that this is obviously uh, very directed against the uh, against gun dealers. There's an agenda to shred the Second Amendment. I mean, they're not going after Antifa or real bad guys with this type of vengeance. No, it's people who are just trying to make an honest living and help people to protect themselves. So I uh, don't disagree with any of that, by the way. I'd also throw in, as you say, there are lots of examples. Uh, I throw in the storefront sting operations that the ATF conducted where they were basically entrapping people uh, into, you know, uh, and by the way, uh, turning a blind eye when uh, felons were walking out of stores that they were operating, uh, having sold them guns. Uh, you know, they're, they're, there's all kinds of issues, as you say. Um, but what is the legal argument here? Because ATF is going to say, look, you know, we're enforcing the law. We, we are allowed to enforce the law as strictly as we want. If they are following the letter of the law, we get to go in and shut them down. So, so what is the legal argument that you all are raising here to stop this abuse? Well, we're raising several things. First of all, uh, that the ATF is violating, obviously, people's Second Amendment rights uh, by arbitrarily putting them out of business and making it harder to purchase firearms. Uh, we're also arguing that they're violating uh, the due process rights by vindictively retaliating against a gun store like Morehouse. Uh, you know, in other words, if you sue the agency, then they move to put you out of business. And there have been lots of legal precedent for that that, uh, you know, being able to show, um, uh, you know, sue the sue an agency and then uh, get uh, re retaliation, that, that that's something that uh, holds legal merit. Uh, we're also uh, arguing violation of First Amendment rights. And, and this is a similar argument, but basically, you know, if you speak out against the government, or in this case, speak out against the ATF, then we'll bring the full weight of the federal government against you. So those are the legal arguments uh, that, that we're making to, and we're asking the court uh, to put a stop to this, not just in North Dakota, 
in the case where we're specifically involved challenging the frame and receiver and registration rule, but we're asking the court to put an injunction on zero tolerance all over the country. So that sort of set the clock back to where we were before the Biden administration, you know, weaponized the ATF. And again, the inspections would still take place. If there were willful violations, uh, you could still see revocation, right? If there were guns walking out the door, straw purchases being made uh, and gun owners turning a blind eye, uh, then those licenses could be revoked. But again, paperwork errors, writing uh, you know, abbreviating a, a a county instead of spelling out county or, you know, something right. as minor as that, that would be what would uh, what would be halted under an injunction. Well, exactly. And, you know, if you go back several months, uh, we have we've done a lot of Freedom of Information Act requests. And one of the things we discovered was how the ATF was using a scorched earth policy to go after dealers, whereas the law says they're only supposed to revoke gun dealers licenses for willful violations of breaking the law. They're instead uh, basing it on clerical errors. And, you know, it's precisely, you know, you were talking about what the law is. The 1986 Freedom, uh, sorry, Firearms Owners Protection Act uh, tried to stop this ATF abuse. And actually, it, it worked for quite a while. But what we're seeing now is that the Biden administration is disregarding that law They've weaponized the ATF to put gun dealers out of business and make it harder for Americans to buy all those evil guns that Joe Biden wants to ban. And so that's, you know, what, what we're fighting. You know, honestly, it's the Biden administration that is violating the Constitution. Our Freedom of Information Act documents found that the ATF is claiming that the power to revoke an FFL's license for clerical mistakes uh, even if it's a uh, first time making a mistake, uh, they're equating that to falsifying records and then they can uh, pull their license. But as you pointed out, that could be accidentally inverting a number or putting a number in the wrong box. I mean, these are the specific things that they're pointing out as willful, you know, quote unquote, willful violations. But as we were just talking about, that's such an unrealistic standard, because if you even apply that to the ATF, well, they would be put out of business. And maybe that would be a good thing. Not maybe that would be a good. We're actually, <laughs> Cam, we are fighting in Congress to put them out of business. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that, that really strikes me about this is when you look at, you know, the weaponization of the ATF, I think you also have to look at the uh, the rhetoric coming from the White House, right? Um, because they're they're again they're trying to portray themselves as reasonable, right? Uh, Joe Biden talked about well we're going after the the bad apple dealers, right? Well, well, clearly not. I mean, if you're going after people for you know minor paperwork errors, these these are not bad actors. These are not uh, people who are you know trafficking firearms illegally. And I seem to recall, Eric, do you remember this? Steve Dettelbach testifying before one of the congressional committees, and this was maybe six or seven months ago. I think it was right after SHOT Show. He acknowledged that, yes, we may have been overzealous uh, in, in trying to shut down these gun stores, but all that's changed now, right? We, we, we're we going to focus on these willful violations. I swear I recall Dettelbach telling Congress that, even though clearly that's not what's happening on the ground. Yeah, that boy, that's good memory. Uh, and I'll have to go back and check that because, you know, the, the point you raise, why aren't they going after the real criminals? You know, I, I pointed out earlier, you know, they're not going after Antifa because they would rather go after their political opponents. 
you know, they're targeting the Second Amendment, uh, anything related to the Second Amendment. You know, what about the terrorists who are bringing deadly fentanyl across our southern border by the truckloads? I mean, fentanyl is killing far more people than guns do, but the Biden administration has done virtually nothing to secure the border. We even had our uh, the head of the Border Patrol not too long ago saying that we don't have operational control of the border. But no, our federal government would rather go after the hardworking, law-abiding gun dealers and put them out of business. Uh, you know, that you know, not only is that immoral, Cam, I mean, it's uh, wrong on every level and is certainly violating uh, our core Bill of Rights that we have protecting, uh, you know, our, our nation. And so, yep. you know, this is something that that I hope people will remember going into upcoming elections. Absolutely. You know, and the other side of this is that, um, and again, this this goes back to the original lawsuit. Um, not only are they trying to shut down, you know, gun stores across the country, but they're also trying to criminalize you and I building our own firearms, right? So can't go to the gun store, can't build our own. Uh, and so there you go, a de facto ban on the possession of firearms, even though the Second Amendment is, uh, you know, uh, 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 protecting that right. It's and, and, it's yeah, and one more thing to that, you know, we already out of Texas, we've seen a good decision on this where they've they've put an injunction on the on that part of it, the frame and receiver, the building your own gun and selling it without a background check, uh, or or selling the sorry selling the parts for it without a background check. The thing that's unique about our case is that we're also challenging the registration aspect because that same rule also said gun dealers are now never allowed to destroy the 4473 forms, whereas before they could after 20 years. And so this is now all aimed at uh, compiling a massive registration list of gun buyers. And this is, you know, one of the pernicious parts of this that, that we're fighting. Uh, and, you know, already one of our freedom of an, another one of our Freedom of Information Act requests found that they've compiled now almost a billion records and almost 900 million of them are digitized already. So th this is very problematic. This is something that, uh, you know, not, we're, we're fighting in the courts, but we're also working with Representative Michael Cloud, who's introduced legislation to just totally uh, delete and destroy uh, that registration list. I mean, look, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton was able to uh, delete 30,000 uh, records when she was under investigation. We should be able to delete this registry as well. Amen. Eric Pratt of Gun Owners of America. Listen, thank you for everything you do. Uh, it is great to have you on the show. And with everything you got going on, uh, let's talk again very soon, can we? Hey, Cam, thanks so much. And thanks for all the work you're doing and getting the word out and keeping people informed. Really appreciate you, brother. Yeah, right back at you. Eric Pratt of Gun Owners of America joining us here on Barry and Arms, Cam and Company. Well, thank you again to Eric Pratt of Gun Owners of America for joining us on the program. We will be uh, keeping you updated on the uh, latest with this lawsuit in the weeks and months ahead. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We will uh, start there. I, I almost talked about the uh, guy that was arrested in Cleveland, accused of uh, shooting nine people over this past week. I actually wrote about that at uh, Bearing Arms, the uh, criminal history of this individual. Even though Cleveland's mayor tried to blame the shooting on uh, constitutional carry, it looks like this individual is not allowed to lawfully possess a firearm. Either uh, was the 22-year-old gang member in Fresno, California, who now stands accused of murdering 
his girlfriend. Yeah, here's the headline. Fresno gang member on felony probation arrested on murder charges in the shooting death of his girlfriend. And again, this is in gun controlled California, right? With some of the most restrictive gun control laws in the nation. And yet you still have cases like this. Fresno Police Department officers reported that on Saturday, July the 1st, uh, officers responded to a, a call about a gunshot victim. When they arrived, they found 27-year-old uh, Anicia Martinez suffering from a single gunshot wound. They learned that Martinez was shot by her boyfriend, 22-year-old Rosalina Mendoza Hernandez, who was taken into custody as he attempted to run from the scene. Martinez was rushed to a local hospital where she was listed in critical but stable condition. Now, detectives learned that uh, Martinez and Mendoza Hernandez have been in a relationship since the beginning of this year. During a search of the scene, detectives recovered a handgun that they believed was used in the shooting. Uh, According to the Fresno police, Mendoza Hernandez is a gang member and is on felony probation for being an ex-felon in possession of a handgun. So that would be at least his second felony charge, right? Because there's the underlying felony offense that made him be a felon in possession of a firearm when he was caught with a gun. A sentence that he apparently received either no jail time for or very little jail time, given that he is just 22 years of age and he was already out as of January of this year because that's when he allegedly got in this relationship with uh, Martinez. Martinez unfortunately passed away on July the 5th, pronounced dead by uh, medical personnel. Uh, And so that means that the charges against Mendoza Hernandez have been upgraded to murder. Fresno police say, although an arrest has been made, detectives are asking uh, anyone with information to contact the Fresno Police Department with uh, even more uh, information that might uh, aid in the prosecution of this uh, 22-year-old. But again, here we have all of California's laws, right? The 10-day waiting period, the background checks on every gun transfer, the background checks on ammunition Sales, the prohibition on purchasing ammunition out of state, the unsafe or the California handgun roster, right, which limits the uh, number of firearms, the armed and prohibited persons program, which California has in place, which is supposedly designed to go after those who have lost possession or their right to possess a firearm and remove guns from their person. None of those laws prevented this 22 year old convicted felon from allegedly illegally possessing a firearm for the second time, because remember, he was on felony probation for being a felon in possession of a firearm when he allegedly shot and killed his girlfriend. None of those laws worked. It sounds like very few of them were actually enforced, including the felon in possession charge. Because why on earth would a 22-year-old be out on the street after receiving a conviction that uh, could have put him in behind bars for, you know, well, at the federal level, a maximum of 10 years for a second offense, maybe a first offense in federal court, probably looking at anywhere from 48 to 72 months. And again, that clearly didn't happen here because all of California's gun laws failed to uh, prevent this individual from illegally acquiring a firearm and failed to provide any consequences the last time he was caught. Now, today's Armed Citizen story comes to us from uh, Baldwin County. I believe this is Baldwin County, Alabama, but let me just make sure about that. Uh, yeah, Foley, Alabama, where authorities say a, a burglar, a suspected burglar, shot and killed by a homeowner 
on uh, Tuesday. According to authorities, deputies called to the home on July 11th, about 11.10 in the morning. So broad daylight calls on a reported burglary. While they were en route, deputies were told the situation had escalated and the alleged burglar had been shot. When deputies arrived, they found an individual, uh, Noah Hastings, deceased from a gunshot wound. The shooter in the front yard of the home determined that it was the uh, homeowner, according to a a release by the uh, Foley Police Department. Witnesses were interviewed, evidence collected, and uh, deputies now believe that uh, Hastings had, quote, unlawfully entered the home, which at the time was occupied by three adults as well as five small children. The homeowner grabbed his gun in an attempt to get Hastings to leave the residence. According to police, the confrontation then moved to the front yard, where Hastings allegedly started to destroy property and then, quote, made statements to the effect that he was going to kill the homeowner. The homeowner said he shot Hastings because he feared for his safety and his family's safety. The uh, Baldwin County Sheriff's Office says they are not filing charges at this time. They say they will pass along the results of their investigation to a grand jury. But at this point, again, looks like a a clear-cut case of self-defense. They're in Foley, Alabama. We'll uh, keep you updated on any details that might emerge from that case as well. And finally today, our good deed of the day, we'll go back to uh, Fresno County, not only uh, where we saw our recidivist report, but also the uh, site of a good Samaritan who helped save a toddler that had uh, managed to escape from a backyard uh, with his parents not noticing and ended up in a uh, sort of a drainage ditch. And that could have been a very... Very serious situation. According to the Fresno County Sheriff's Office, family was searching for their toddler that had gotten out of a fenced area. About the same time, a guy was driving down uh, Manning Avenue and spotted a child in the water uh, there in the canal. So the uh, man pulled over, was able to extricate the child out of the water, called the sheriff's department. child checked out by uh, local medical officials, taken to a hospital for safety. But authorities say kid seems to be in good condition. Uh, deputies say that somebody was playing with the child. They simply... Turned around, took their eyes off the uh, the kid, and he took off. Uh, no negligence is suspected. I can tell you that can happen. Uh, when I was two years old, my family had just moved to Oklahoma. My mom was in the lunch or in the uh, kitchen making me lunch. Uh, I was in the fenced backyard. Apparently, managed to unlatch the fence. Wandered off with our dog, who we had just got maybe like four or five weeks earlier. Uh, and were it not for a couple of very nice ladies who found me walking down the middle of the median on uh, Southwest 89th Street and followed our dog home, because I had no idea where the hell I lived. Um, yeah, I don't know what would have happened to me. So uh, my mom was a negligent. I was just apparently a very inquisitive kid who uh, managed to undo the latch. It sounds like that was sort of the same thing that happened there in Fresno. But thankfully, this story, too, has a happy ending. No canine involved, but a, a good Samaritan in the right place at the right time. We weren't able to do the right thing to save that child there in uh, Fresno, California. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, I'm looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow as we uh, continue covering the 2A news that matters to you. Don't forget to check out BearingArms.com as well. We are continually updating the website with the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. If you like what you see, I'd always encourage you to become a VIP member. Not only do you get that warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing that you're supporting the independent pro Second Amendment journalism that we do at Bearing Arms, but we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else because your support matters, and it really does make a difference. So thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your hump day Wednesday, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. <laughs>